Now today I wanna continue this series that I've called Inner Strength because I believe this series will help you gain the inner strength to thrive in life. And I've based it upon my own journey, my own experiences of gaining inner strength in my life to overcome some of the inner issues that sapped my strength. And I call those inner issues core issues. And this is the way I'm picturing it. It's like on the, on the surface of our lives, there are these unhealthy ways of feeling, of thinking and acting that sap our strength and frustrate us. I'm talking about issues like anger, anxiety, depression, uh, negativity, resentment, envy, lust, money issues, relational brokenness, and even addictions. And it's like we come to God with these issues that sap our strength and frustrate us. And we want God to help us. We want God to fix us. We want God to help us get free from them. But what we saw last week is to get free from those surface issues that frustrate us and sap our strength. We have to address the underlying core issues that feed those surface issues. We have to gain the inner strength to rise above them. And so right now we're focusing on the core issue of fear. Fear. Fear is a very powerful and at times it can be paralyzing emotion. There's a part of fear that is instinctive, and then there's a part of fear that is learned. The instinctive part uh, God placed in us, like God created us to feel fear so it would protect us when we're in fearful situations. That's the instinctive part. But then there's a part of fear that is learned. We learn fear from fearful situations, and we learn fear from other people's fears. And, and once fear, the feelings of fear are triggered within us, Sometimes we can keep feeling those feelings of fear beyond the actual fearful uh, situation. And at that point, fear can become a lingering core issue within us that must be addressed. Now, some of the fears that people have uh, can be handled and managed in life. Like, I know some people who have fears about balloons and clowns. I know some people who have fears about things like spiders and snakes, and maybe that's even you. <laughs> I know some people who have fears about flying, fears about swimming, and then I even have my own fears. I have a fear of heights, and I have a fear of needles. Like, I could never get a tattoo, man, because I don't like needles at all. And most of us can manage certain kinds of fears that we have in life, right? But then there are other kinds of fears that can be quite overwhelming. They can be fears that can mess with your relationships, that can mess with your mental health, and even paralyze you in life from fulfilling God's purpose for your life. Now, last week, we look at one of the greatest heroes in the Jewish scriptures, Moses, and his paralyzing fear related his fear of speaking in public. And I suspect that most of you think that because speaking in public is a part of what I do as a pastor, I've never had to face this fear. But you're wrong. In fact, when I was in high school and college, I developed this terrible fear of speaking in public. It was so powerful that I would avoid situations and classes in college that would require you to speak in public. And yet at the same time, that's when God began to stir within my heart a desire to become a pastor. And so it was very odd. I had this driving fear of speaking in public where I avoided it at all costs, 
But then I had this other drive to want to become a pastor and teach the scriptures. And I remember one time when both of these inner uh, desires and emotions like came to a head. So it was the first time that I was asked to teach the scriptures ever. And uh, I was in college at the time and I was asked to speak at a nursing home right here in San Antonio. And I remember I was so excited because remember I wanted to teach. I wanted to teach the scriptures and, and I worked and worked and prepared my message. But then on the day that I had to go and deliver that message, my heart just started to race. And I remember getting in my car and I was so afraid. I was terrified. And I remember praying this, these strange and odd prayers on the way. And I remember I prayed these prayers. I said, oh, Lord, oh, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Now, you know, Lord, I think today would be a good day for you to come again. I think today's a good day. You know, Lord, we're ready for you to come. I think you should return to the earth today. And Lord, now, if you're not ready to return to the earth yet, then Lord, could you work out a little car accident? Like, nothing too major. I don't want anybody to get hurt. I just, I know I said I wanted to teach the scriptures and stuff, Lord, but now I don't. Now I don't. And I tell you that story because eventually I had to rise above my fears of speaking in public to fulfill God's purpose for my life. What fears are sapping your strength? What fears are holding you back? What fears are paralyzing you in life? Maybe it's the fear of failure. Maybe it's the fear of abandonment. Maybe it's the fear of conflict or the fear of commitment. Maybe it's a fear of a rejection or failure. Maybe it's a fear of the future. I know some people, especially in days like this, they're afraid of the future. And then I know some of you fear pain. Some of you fear death. The good news is that Jesus wants to come alongside us to help us rise above fears like that. And today, I want us to look at what Jesus said about gaining the inner strength to rise above our fears. And we're going to look at a passage that, honestly, I've never even spoken on before because it's a very strange passage. And it's, it's very, people don't normally point to it, but I'm a, I want us to look at it today. So let me set up the scene. Now, normally, whenever Jesus is, when you read Jesus' account, like accounts of his life, about his, uh, his teachings and the stories of his life, you have to understand which group of people that Jesus is speaking to. There were three different kinds of groups who followed Jesus. First, whenever Jesus would come into a certain town or in an area, there would be people who lived in that town who would gather wherever Jesus was gathered, either at a big house or sometimes that's when they would go on a mountainside or a field and Jesus would teach them. And he would teach them and they would learn his ways. And then when Jesus would move on, they would all go back home. But they were followers of Jesus. There was another group who were followers of Jesus that I call his entourage. It was this group of about 50 to 100 people who just traveled with Jesus and helped him with all of the logistics of ministering to so many people in so many different places. But then there was the inner core group that he called the 12. And today we're going to look at something that he spoke only to the 12. He pulled them aside to speak these words. And what Jesus does is he predicts to them some fearful situations that they're going to face. And even though you and I might not face these situations, what I want us to see is what Jesus says to them about how they can gain the inner strength to rise above those fears. All right, you ready? This is Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, where Jesus 
paints the picture using a metaphor. He says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Wolves? Wait a minute, Jesus. What about all of the fun stuff, like turning water into wine and healing the sick and, you know, feeding 5,000 people with a few loaves of bread? Lord, Jesus, we like that kind of stuff. And Jesus, from this point in this discussion, this conversation with his 12, begins to tell them the kind of fearful situations they're going to face. He says, people will oppose you. They will persecute you. They will arrest you. They will beat you. They will put you in prison and they will hate you. And some of your family members will even betray you. Notice how Jesus uh, tells them as he's telling them about these kind of situations. What he doesn't say is, hey, if you follow me, you're never going to face fearful situations. Jesus never says that. Instead, he calls us to rise above it. Look at what Jesus says next in verse 26. He said, when all of those things happen to you, do not be afraid of them. Okay, wait a minute, Jesus. What do you mean don't be afraid of them? People are going to arrest us. Don't be afraid of them. People are going to persecute us. Don't be afraid of them. People are going to beat us and betray us. Don't be afraid of them. And in this conversation, Jesus is letting them know that they're going to face some of the greatest fears anybody will ever face. The fear of betrayal, the fear of pain, the fear of loss. And he's preparing them now to face those fears, the kind, some of those kinds of fears you and I will face in life. So how can we, how can we rise above such fearful situations? Notice what Jesus says next. He says, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, but cannot touch the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body. Now what Jesus says here is so significant, but it's so subtle. And I want to make sure we, we really get what he says. And so Jesus is letting them know, okay, look, there's going to be people in your life that will have the authority to arrest you, to imprison you, and even to beat you. But I'm asking you not to be afraid of them because they can't touch your soul. They can't touch who you really are. I'm asking you instead to have a healthy fear of the one who can touch both body and soul. There's only one who has that authority, and that is God. If you're going to fear anybody, fear God. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to pause here for a moment to make sure we understand what Jesus means by that. So what is Jesus saying when he says we ought to have a healthy fear of God? Well, first I want to explain what Jesus does not mean. Jesus does not mean live your life in fear of God. And I say that because some of us grew up in church cultures that taught us to live in fear of God. Some people uh, trained us to be afraid of God, to try to intimidate us into good behavior. And that doesn't ever work. And, and, and it paints this picture of this angry God who's just waiting for us to step out of line and he will smack us to get us back in line. And I want us to understand that that is not what Jesus is talking about here. Well, then what is he talking about? When he's using the, the, the word to fear God here, he's, he's talking about an honoring trust 
in God and his authority and his power, not only over us, but over all people. And you know, I've been reading through the Christian letters uh, in chronological order. And what's interesting to me, because these believers, these first century followers of Jesus are facing some persecution like these tw the 12 did. And as they face persecution and opposition, the, the writers of these Christian letters have this recurring theme and they encourage them not to be afraid of those who are persecuting them because one day God who has all authority will hold them to account for what they are doing and how they're treating them. And they encourage them to trust God to make things right one day and instead to choose to fear God and to trust him with today. And by trusting God, that he will make things right one day and fearing God in that kind of way, they will gain the inner strength to rise above those fears. Now next, Jesus continues this conversation and he gives his disciples the reason why they ought to trust God even in these fearful situations. This is Matthew 10, 29. And here he paints a picture of who God is really, of what God is really like. Matthew 10, 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And God has numbered even the very hairs on your head. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than many sparrows. And in essence, Jesus is saying, here's why you can trust God. Even in fearful situations, because God cares. He cares about you. Hey, look, he cares about sparrows, but he cares about you even more. You are way more valuable to God than even sparrows. Do you believe that? Here Jesus shows us that the most important issue we need to address if we're to rise above our fears, it's not, not just the surface issues of insecurities, you know, that we might feel. And it's not even just the inner core issue that is important, which is fear. The most important thing we can do is to change the way we view God. We have to address a distorted view of God within us. And here Jesus is painting a picture of what God is really like. What's important for us to have the inner strength to rise above our fears is to really believe in the core of our being that God cares about us and that he loves us and that we are valuable to him. And it's so important because when you're going through a fearful situation, let's just all be honest, when you're going through a fearful situation, it feels like God isn't there. It feels like he doesn't care. And what Jesus is saying to us is, especially in a fearful situation, believe in the core of your being that God is there and that he does care and you are valuable in his sight. And that belief, that belief will give you the inner strength to rise above your fears. Okay, so that's what Jesus is teaching his disciples. He's not saying don't be afraid because if you follow me, I'll never let you get into fearful situations. He's saying, when you follow me, when you get into fearful situations, trust that God cares and he is with you in those situations. That will give you the inner strength to rise above them. Now, to our knowledge, this is the first time 
Jesus has told his 12 those fearful situations they're getting ready to face. And it's one thing to have someone say, don't be afraid of those situations. But it's another to actually experience why you don't have to be afraid of those situations. And so the next scene I want us to look at is where Jesus gives them a reason why they ought to trust God even in fearful situations. So let me set up this scene. Uh, Jesus wants to go into the mountains and spend uh, the night in prayer. Uh, his disciples, the 12, gather in a boat. Jesus sends them on across a large lake in the region, and he said he'll eventually catch up to them. Well, as the disciples are trying to get across the lake, the winds and the current are against them very strong, and so they've worked all night to try to get across the lake, and they're having a hard time. And then this is where we, we come in on the scene. This is Matthew chapter 14, verse 25. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Jesus spoke three statements into their fears. And I think it's significant, the order of these statements. Jesus doesn't begin by saying, don't be afraid. Jesus begins by saying, take courage. You see, courage is a kind of inner strength. And you only need courage in fearful situations. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're in a situation that is not fearful, we don't really need courage. But what Jesus is teaching them here is when you're in a situation where you are afraid, you can take courage. Courage is something you take. It's a choice you make to hold on to courage. And courage gives you inner strength. Well, how do you have courage? That's the second part of what Jesus said. He said, take courage. Why? Because it is I. I am with you, the one who can walk on water. And when I'm with you, you don't have to be afraid. And so Jesus is giving us the reason we can take courage. Because when Jesus is with us, it's like he's saying, take courage. It is I. You don't have to be afraid. And when you know the one who can walk on water is with you, that gives you inner strength. But what I love about this incident is the story doesn't end there. We get the chance to see Peter, one of, his, one of the 12, wrestle with his own fears and trying to gain that inner strength. This is verse 28. Simon Peter replied, now, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come out to you on the water, Jesus said. Come. Then Simon Peter got down out of the boat and walked on water, coming toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he became afraid, and he began to sink. So he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Jesus said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the winds died down. Now, I think it's important to notice in this uh, situation that Jesus didn't ask Peter to come out and walk on water. Peter said, if, if you are Jesus, you invite me to come out and walk on water. And I think a part of the purpose of this whole situation was for Peter to see where he was in his faith. And what I love about this situation is Peter risks stepping out of the boat and becomes 
for all we know, the only the second person to ever walk on water. Okay, first of all, how awesome is that? And while he is focusing on Jesus, he's walking on water. An amazing miracle. But when he looks around and begins to see the waves and the wind, he begins to doubt and he begins to sink. And then he cries out to Jesus and, and Jesus grabs him by the arm and rescues him. What I think is interesting is, you know, Jesus could have just calmed the storm right then while, they, while Peter was walking on water. He didn't. Because I think he wanted Peter to see the limitation of his faith at that point in his journey. And that that was okay. Because when fearful situations occur, when storms in life happen, sometimes those storms stir doubts within us. And we can feel at times like we're drowning. And what Jesus is teaching us here is if we will stay focused on him and who he is and his power, he will give us the inner strength to rise above those fearful situations. It's like he's saying, if you focus on me, I am with you. If you focus on me, I will give you the inner strength to rise above your fears. And then notice how the story ends. Matthew 14, 32. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, truly you are the son of God. Something significant happens here. When these disciples see Jesus walking on water, it does something in them. In the very core of their being, it builds their faith. When they see Peter step out of the boat and start walking on water, it does something in them. It builds their faith. And when they see that Jesus can calm the winds in a moment, it does something in them. It builds their faith. And their view of the Son of God gets very clear in this moment. They realize this Jesus, he is the Son of God. He can walk on water. He can calm storms. And that, that clarity about who he is in the inner core of their being is what gave them the inner strength to rise above their fears. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, hey, Pastor Brent, that's great for those 12, because they got to see some pretty cool miracles, and I'm sure that stirred faith in their hearts, and that's right. I'm just not there yet, Pastor Brent, and I get it, and that's okay, because I do want you to notice, if you read the four accounts of Jesus' life and the accounts of the 12, Jesus didn't handpick 12 people who were full of courage and who had fearless faith to start with. In fact, it's the opposite. He picked people who had to wrestle with their fears as a part of their journey. And they had to build courage and build their faith along the way. And that's just what happened. Jesus called people right where they were with their insecurities, with their fears, with their messiness. But what he said is, follow me. Follow me and I will build within you the inner kind of faith that will give you inner strength to rise above your fears. And over time, as they followed Jesus, their inner strength grew, their inner faith grew, their inner courage grew to the point where they did rise above their fears. And you can go read the accounts of their lives. The book of Acts in the Christian scriptures, it tells you the story of how these young men rose up above their fears and they faced all of the kinds of situations that Jesus talked about but they faced it with courage 
and with faith. And because of that, they literally changed their world. Why? Because in the inner core of their being, they believed that God was with them and God cared about them. They believed he was there and they cared. And they rose above their fears because they believed that the one who could walk on water, who could calm the storms, who could even raise the dead, they believed he was with them. And because they knew that God the Father and God the Son was with them, that gave them inner strength to rise above their fears. And so what I want us to take away from this passage today is the process of gaining that kind of inner strength. I want to make sure we understand, gaining this kind of inner strength to rise above your fears, it's not an event. It's not something that happens once. I mean, it's, it's like building physical strength. You don't work out once and then all of a sudden you're strong. It's about a, a regular practice, a day by day, choice by choice, choosing to grow in your inner strength. And that's why last week I taught you a truth affirmation that I believe that you ought to take with you for the rest of your life as a part of building this kind of inner strength to overcome your fears. And this is the, the truth affirmation I gave you. I'm gonna, I want us to say it again. When I feel fear, I will choose faith. Will you say that with me? When I feel fear, I will choose faith. Whenever you feel fear, choose to trust that God is there and that he cares. And that will give you inner strength to rise above your fears. And then today I want to leave you with a question. And I think it's the kind of question that we all ought to ask regularly. Because it pertains to what happens when you get inner strength. And this is the question. What would I do if at the very core of my being, I believed God was with me and that he cares? What would you do? What would you do if at the very core of your being, you really believed that the one who calmed the storms and walked on water and raised the dead was with you and that he loved you and that he was for you? What would you do? What would you stop doing? What would you today, what would you change? What would you risk trying? Focus on the one who is with you. And he will give you the inner strength to rise above your fears and to fulfill your purpose in life. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful that when you call us to follow you, you call us with our insecurities, with our fears, and you're okay with it because you know it's a journey. You know it's a process. And I'm so grateful, Lord, that that's the kind of Lord you are. And so, first of all, I just want to praise you and thank you for who you are. And then, Lord, my prayer is that you would help all of us in our journeys to identify our fears and to rise above our fears by trusting in who you are and gaining inner strength from that to rise above our fears. And then, Lord, specifically today, I want to pray for those of you who are in fearful situations right now. Maybe it's a financially fearful situation. Maybe it's a relationally fearful situation. If you're in a fearful situation right now, 
This is what Jesus speaks to you. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. In Jesus' name, I bless you. Amen.